Overthinking. We've all been there. Where one thought seems to multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply. So all we're left with is a giant mess to try to make sense of. Maybe you're someone who struggles with this kind of overthinking. Maybe you're someone who sabotages your own plans, desires, and blessings by getting yourself involved in other people's drama. Or maybe you're someone who constantly feels like your thoughts and emotions are proving to be uncontrollable and are controlling you instead. Whatever it may be, we can all benefit from learning how mastering our inner world can truly transform our outer world, pull us out from being stuck, boost our faith, and take our lives in the right direction. Let it go, emotional detox. last part of a three-part message series we've been doing called Let It Go. And we've been looking at, uh, you know, last week we talked about letting go of drama that we get caught up in. And uh, the reason we get caught up in drama is because we have unresolved issues inside. Very often, when we get caught up in dramas, our reaction, our emotional reaction, is actually got very little to do with the situation. For instance, maybe, maybe you have suffered from being disrespected in life over and over and over again, and now, you, now it's an issue to you. Now it's a very touchy subject. Now you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder about it, and all it takes is a complete stranger saying something that might sound similar to something that someone else once said when they disrespected you, and it's like they've pulled your strings, and you react to that, and it was nothing about that. We carry unresolved issues about with us instead of bringing them to God in prayer, casting our cares upon Him, and letting them go. And then on the first week, two weeks ago, we looked at letting go of our attachment to changing things. That all of our inner turmoil comes from the fact that if, if, if something good happens, we want it to stay that way. We don't want it to change. We don't want people to change. We don't want circumstances to change. We want to keep everything the way it is, and yet everything changes. The only thing that doesn't change is God. You know, we, we looked at verses in the Bible that show us that everything that is created is subject to change. And the only things that never change are that which are eternal. And so um, everything changes, and we're attached to these changing things, and we're even attached to our changing thoughts. And they come and go like the wind. And if we can learn to let go of these things and not hold on to wanting things to be a certain way, that's called being a control freak. When you have to make things be a certain way before you can be happy. But if you can let go of that, you can be happy and at peace and have trust in God regardless of whether things are the way you want them to be or not. So what do you do after you've done that? What about 
you've, you've done some introspective prayer and you've, you've come up with some unresolved emotional issues that you've got and you've brought them to God in prayer and you've let them go and you, you have stopped trying to make everything in life just the way you want it to be. You've stopped trying to you know, uh, control all of your out- outer world and you've realized that all you need to control is your inner world and be at peace within and have the peace of Christ dwell within you and then you're more capable to act efficiently in the outside world. What? Once I've done all that and I've let all these things go, now what? Now I've let go of all my negative thoughts. Do I just not have any thoughts? I've let go of all my dysfunctional emotions. Do I just not feel anything now? No. What we do now is we replace those things with something healthy, something helpful, something functional, something that will bring blessing into our life. Once once you've taken the old stuff out, you need to put the new stuff in. Once you've taken your old dirty clothes off and put them in the washing machine, you put clean clothes on. You don't just go out naked, especially in Alberta when it's minus 40 in the winter. You put something on. And so you cast off the filthy garments and you put on the robe of righteousness and a garment of praise. And so how do we then change our whole inner emotional and spiritual makeup so that we don't continually get pulled into dramas and into negative thinking and into unhappiness in life. Well, today's message is called Happy Talk. And this is what we do after we've done the letting go of the bad stuff. We want to now fill ourselves with the good stuff. And so I'm calling this message today Happy Talk. And like the first two messages, the title has been inspired by a song. Let it go, no more drama, and now happy talk. And I'll tell you where it came from. When I was a kid and a teenager, my parents loved watching those old movies that were musicals. I mean, whether it was Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers or... Uh, there, was, uh, there was all these Western ones as well. Oklahoma, I remember that one. And they had all these movies, and to make matters worse, they didn't just watch them, they sang along to them. They knew all the words off by heart. And to make it even worse than that, they sang along to them whether you had friends in or not. And that was bad enough when I was a kid, but by the time I became a teenager... It was not cool at all because I was a punk. I had green spiky hair and a studied dog collar. And I, and I, looked like, I dressed like Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols, who was dead by that time after murdering someone and then having a drug overdose. And, and, but this was all cool to me, you know. And I even had the, the frowning look all the time, you know, the gloomy look that teenagers are just brilliant at doing. You know that one? walked about, all the clothes on and everything else. And I couldn't bring my punk friends home because my mother would be singing to some musical on the TV. And there was one musical that really irritated me. It was called South Pacific. And there was a song in it. And here's the song. Let's put it up. Happy talk. Keep talking happy talk. 
Talk about things you'd like to do. You've got to have a dream. If you don't have a dream, how are you going to make a dream come true? And in the movie, they did these little hand signals while they were singing it. Happy doggy dog. If you've seen it, you know it, right? Well, like, I didn't like this at all. And then something strange happened. One of, remembering, of course, I wasn't a Christian then, one of my favorite punk bands were called The Damned. And The Damned, which were all, they all had a vampire look and all of that kind of stuff. They had a guy in the band that they never allowed to sing. And, and so, do you remember the Beatles did this? Do you remember that all the Beatles sang apart from Ringo Starr, and eventually they felt sorry for him, and they said, just give him some silly song. We all live in a yellow submarine. That will do him, you know, or whatever. Octopus's Garden or something like that, you know? And so they gave Ringo Starr his... Well, the dam did that too. They had a guy called Captain Sensible, and he never sang any songs. And they thought, give him a song. We'll make it a silly song. And they chose the song from South Pacific... Happy talk. So now the song that was totally uncool because my parents sang it when my friends were there, now all my friends were buying the single, remember you used to get seven inch vinyl singles, the single of the damned Captain Sensible singing happy talk. And so now the song suddenly became cool. So not only, and I had to buy the record and all that and play it as well. So not only had I heard it for years reluctantly, now I was listening to it on purpose, and like, basically, I reprogrammed my mind with these words, happy talk, keep talking happy talk. In other words, don't start talking happy talk and then change to talk sad talk, right? Keep talking happy talk. And then the next line, Talk about things you would like to do. It seems to me that most people spend most of their time talking about things they don't want to happen. It doesn't say, talk about things that you dread. It doesn't say, talk about things you would hate to happen. It says, talk about things you'd like to do. And then it says, you've got to have a dream. Because if you don't have a dream, how are you going to make a dream come true? And, you know, actually, the words to this are quite unbelievably biblical when you think about it. When you think about the fact that God has plans for your life, the plans that he has for you, they're good plans. They're plans that you can build a dream for your life on. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Or like the Good News Translation puts it, my plans are to give you the future that you hope for. Do you have a hope for a better future? Do you have a dream, church? If you don't have a dream, you need to get a dream. You need to get a hope for a better future for your life. You've got to have a dream because if you don't have a dream, how are you going to have a dream come true? And so, okay, I've got a dream. Now, how do I make it true? I begin to use the God-given power of my words to build my life in such a way that it is taking me progressively towards the realization of my dream. 
You know, nobody has a dream. What's your dream? My dream is that I'll have a miserable, unhappy life. Nobody does has that kind of dream, right? Everybody's dream is that you will have a better life. So you're dreaming of a better life. You've got a dream. Now, how are you going to make that dream come true? By using the power of your words and beginning to talk happy talk beginning to talk the way somebody who lives that kind of life talks, beginning to think, talking to yourself in your mind, beginning to think the way somebody who lives that kind of life thinks. You begin to change your body language. You begin to walk the way somebody that lives a happy life walks. You begin to dress like somebody who lives a happy life dresses. You begin to smell like somebody who lives a happy life smells. You begin to smile like somebody who is living a fulfilling life does. You begin to talk the way someone who is living the life that you want to live would talk. You begin to change your vocabulary, both internally and externally, from negative, doubt-filled, fear-filled, unhappy, critical, judgmental words about others and about yourself, people in your mind speak kind words to yourself, speak encouraging words to yourself, don't be going about putting yourself down in your mind. There's enough people in the world already lining up to put you down. Don't join the line to put yourself down as well. And as you begin to change the way you think and the way you talk to yourself and the way you talk to others and the way you talk to God and the way you talk to the world, all of a sudden it changes you internally and has an effect on you externally. Now, I'll tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying fake it till you make it. I'm not saying you are, you know, you've got all these problems. I've got all these problems in my life. I've got all this unhappiness. I've got a chip in my shoulder. And I'm, I, I feel sorry for myself. And I'm having a pity party. And I'm worried about the future. And I've got all of these issues. And my real facial expression is like this. But I better, I better try and be positive. I can't go about looking like this. What I'll do is I'll stick a false happy face on. There. My body language doesn't... Can you hear me? My body language doesn't look happy. If you saw my, what I really look like on the inside, it's not good either. I am not suggesting that you go about sticking a false happy face on top of all of your hurts and wounds and griefs. I am suggesting that you put into practice what we talked about last week and the week before. And if you weren't here, I'm suggesting you go home, find them on YouTube and watch them and put them into practice. And we take all of our hurts, 
All of our fears, all of our anger, all of our doubts, all of that stuff, we take it to God in prayer, we cast our cares upon Him, we let it go, and once it's gone, we begin to reprogram our internal computer. We are not sticking a happy face on top of an unhappy life, we are giving an unhappy life to God, we're receiving a happy life, and now we're acting as if God has heard and answered our prayers. Here's what it says in the Bible. Let's put this passage up. It's a few passages from various places, but the Bible is really clear. It tells us to take control of both our internal and our external conversation. Okay, so look at this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable. My goodness, you may as well switch the news off right away. Do you see that? I mean, you may as well. I follow different news corporations, and it's amazing. They can both report on the same story and say exactly the opposite of one another. They're liars. Journalists are bigger liars than politicians, believe it or not. Okay? Be careful what you fill your mind with. Fix fix your thoughts on what is true. Now, it might be true, but dishonorable. Have you you heard what such and such a person in the church did? Is it true? It is true. I, I got it on video. Is it honorable? No, it's dishonorable. Get it out your head. Stop going about looking at all the specks in other people's eyes when you've got a big beam in your own eye called gossip and judgment. And he says, true and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The Bible is telling us what kind of words we should be speaking in your internal talk. Make it happy talk. Make it pure talk. Make it encouraging talk. Make it honorable talk. There's no room anywhere there for negative self-talk. Now, that's not just your internal dialogue. Look at this. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You can kill your career by saying stupid things. You can kill a relationship by saying stupid things. Your words have the power to kill so many things in your life, but they also have the power to give life. Speak life, speak encouragement, speak good things. When, when I remember um, when the first church I worked for, before I actually worked for them, I was a student at Bible college, and this couple had planted this new church, started it just down the road from the college, and I started going to it. And there was only a handful of people there at the time. And we met in this little building that was actually, it was ready to, I mean, the walls were ready to fall off. There was actually gaps at the corner, and there was big 
big uh, iron straps holding it together. And the wind and the rain blew in and all that. And I would go in on a Sunday to this little church plant, this little startup, and I would walk in. And like, if I was the pastor, I would have been discouraged. But the pastor always had a big smile on his face. And I would say, hi, John. And he would say, good things are happening. Good things are happening. And then one week, after about 10 weeks of this, and like nothing good was happening, after about 10 weeks of this, he said it and walked off. And I said to his wife, boy, he says that every week. And she said, he really believes it. Like he really, really believes it. That's why he keeps saying it. And you want to know something? I stuck with that church and I stuck with that pastor and I just decided to join in. And I started to say, good things are happening. Good things are happening. And within a few months, good things began to happen. I remember a drug addict, an intravenous drug addict with hepatitis came to the church a few Sundays later, gave his life to Christ, was instantly delivered from drug addiction was instantly healed from hepatitis, brought his whole family the next week. Good things began to happen. But this pastor was going about saying, good things are happening. Good things are happening long before anything good happened. Long before it did. It's like God looked out and saw darkness. He didn't go, oh, it's dark out there. He said, light be, and light was. And this pastor looked at this little church startup and nothing good was happening. And he said, good things are happening. And good things started to happening. Your words have the power of death and life. What kind of consequences do you want in your life? Look, guy comes to Jesus and says, my servant is homesick. Jesus says, I'll come and lay hands on him. The guy says, you don't need to do that. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Just speak the word, just say it, because words have the power of death and life. Speak the word only to be healed. Or Jesus said, as you travel through life, sometimes you will face difficulties and opposition. It will be like a giant mountain standing before you. You know what Jesus said? He said there, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Or how about this last one? Has the Lord redeemed you? Speak it out. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I mean, some people say everything bad. Oh, nothing good happens to me. No, in my luck, every traffic light will be red. Uh, they will be sold out by the time I get to the shop, blah, blah, blah. All that, they speak negative stuff all the time. Do you know what you should be going about saying? I'm favored by the Lord. God is on my side. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No, no one can stand before me. God, God works all things together for my good. Anything I ask in the name of every traffic light is going to be green and that item is going to be in the shop when I get there because good things happen to me. You see, what happens if I get to the shop and the item isn't there? Well, it wasn't going to be there anyway, but at least you're in a good mood when you got there rather than a stinking mood like the first time begin to change your internal conversation. I mean, if you need to church, if you need to do it, brainwash yourself. Let's face it, 
Zuckerberg and everybody else are doing everything they can to brainwash you anyway, how about you just brainwash yourself? That way you get to choose what goes inside. The media want to brainwash you, the culture wants to brainwash you, society wants to brainwash you, but they're washing your brain in a lot of dirty water. Sometimes we need to take our brain out and wash all the junk out of it. I brainwash myself regularly. This is my brainwashing manual. It might be known to you as a prayer book, but I use my prayer book to wash out my brain from all the negative stuff and to fill it with good stuff. I've found that I'm not very good at just starting praying right away. My mind wanders and everything else. I kind of like need to get myself all juiced up. I don't know if you're like me, but I need to get myself all fired up for prayer. And I've found that one of the ways to do that is I have some written prayers in this prayer book. I've taken them from the Bible. Some of them are actual prayers like the Lord's Prayer or the Prayer of Jabez or Paul's Prayer in Ephesians. I've taken those prayers out and put them in here. Other ones are not actually prayers in the Bible, but they're like passages of, of Scripture from the Bible, and um, they, I've put them in the form of prayer. And so, um, let me find one that I don't mind you knowing about. Let me see. Um, <clears throat> no, no, you, you won't like that one. Hold on, let me get you a good one. Okay, here's one about to do with spiritual growth. Here's what I do. So I say this regularly. And in fact, because I say them regularly, I don't even need to, to read them most of the time. So, because I know them off by heart. So instead, oh, that's my new kitchen. Instead, um, it's not manifested yet, but it's coming in Jesus' name. So <laughs> I have little pictures of the things I'm praying about. In fact, I'll show you one. This has not manifested yet, but it's coming it's coming soon. There I am, a new set of abs. Do you see that right there? With my, my face superimposed on top of it. And I've got all of these. And I've even got pictures of meat and healthy food. None of that's happened yet. But it will happen soon. And so I read the, I look at these pictures because I want to fill my mind with images of the life I want to live not the life I want to get away from. And then I start speaking out these scriptures as well. God's plans for me are plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. Therefore, I believe my future is full of hope. I believe something wonderful is going to happen in my life. I don't know what it is yet, but I can feel it beginning to start. Something wonderful is coming my way because God is on my side and God does all things wonderfully, the Bible says. That means I'm looking for wonderful things. I expect a miracle today. He hears my prayers. I am confident that God's blessings will go before me today. His angels will surround me with protection. Isn't that bit better than, oh my goodness, it's snowing again and I can't get my car out the drive and wake up kids, it's time for school. And isn't that a better way to be? To reprogram yourself, to change yourself? Let's look at what the Bible says. Here is a verse that we started with the very first week. For Jesus said, so take no thought, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? 
For these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Church, you're not unbelievers. You are believers. You are people of faith. You are people who pray and who believe that God hears and answers your prayers. If you are not an unbeliever, you should not allow the things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers to dominate your thoughts. He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father knows everything you need and will provide it. So notice he says, take no thought saying. The, so remember the first week where we had thoughts passing we had thoughts passing before me. Some were negative and some were positive. And I decided to take some thoughts and let other thoughts go and not take them. Jesus said the way you take a thought is to say it. When you start saying, when a thought comes to you and you start repeatedly saying it, whether out, with your mouth, out loud with your mouth or internally in your mind, you are taking that thought. If, it is a th- if it's something you don't want to happen, don't take the thought. Let it go. Take the thoughts that you want. Look what James says. Next passage. James says that if you can control the words that you speak... If you can control the words that you speak, you can control your entire life. Look, all of us often make mistakes. So it's not just me then, okay? It's all of us, right? All of us often make mistakes. But if a person never makes a mistake in what he says, he is mature. To allow your mind to think any thought it wants and your mouth to speak any rubbish it wants is a very immature stage of life, okay? If you can control what he says, he is mature and is also able to control his whole life. We put a bit in the mouth of a horse to make it a bear's and we are able to make it go wherever we want. Or or think of a ship, as big as it is and driven by such strong winds, it can be steered by a small rudder and it goes wherever the pilot wants. So it is with the tongue. He's saying here, a ship is steered in the wrong direction or the right direction by the rudder. And a horse can be steered in the wrong direction or the right direction by the bit in its mouth. And your life can be steered in the wrong direction or the right direction by taking control of the words that you speak, both internally and externally. So, if that's the case, then here is what happens. Giddy up, boy. Here we go. Here's my horsey. And this little horsey symbolizes the words that I speak. The words that I speak to myself, the words that I speak to God in prayer, the words that I speak to other people, whether they are discouraging or encouraging, whether they put people down or lift them up, whether they put me down or lift me up, whether they are words of life or words of death, that's what this horse symbolizes. It in the horse's mouth symbolizes choosing words that will take your life in one direction or the other. 
Right, over here, let's make this area of the stage here. This is the life I want to live. This is my dream. This is the dream that I've got in my heart for my life and for my family. Because you've got to have a dream. Because if you don't have a dream, how are you going to make a dream come true? So here's my dream life, right? Over here is a life that I would never want to live. It's full of problems. It's full of difficulties. It's full of strife, division, unhappiness, drama. I don't want that life. And so here I am on my little horsey, on my little horsey, and and I, I am praying, Father God, I pray about this dream I have in my heart. I believe you've put that dream in my heart, Father God, because your word says that delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. These are my heart's desires, and Father, I pray that you would bring about circumstances and open doors and lead me by your Spirit into my dream life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hello? What happened? Oh, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. I don't have enough money to pay that bill. Oh, okay, right, I'll see you later, bye. Oh, is that a pain I've got? Oh my goodness, it's my kidney. I think I've got cancer. I'm going to die. Oh, no. My health is going down and I've got no money anymore. Right. Let's... Oh, the car is snowed in again. My goodness gracious me. And a blinking council in St. Albert. I've turned the traffic down to 40 kilometers. I'm going to be late. Do you see that my words are taking my life in the wrong direction? Maybe I should say, whoa there, little boy. Just whoa there a little minute. Come on. God is good all the time. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the Father. I'm God's favorite. He loves me. He, he loves his children. He's put his hand upon me. He called me by name, brought me out of darkness, has a great plan for my life, answers my prayer. Oh my goodness, I've arrived at my dream life. How did I get here? I put a bit in the horse's mouth. I took control of my internal and external dialogue and I began to steer my life in the same direction that my dreams were in. Very often we pray one thing and we say another. All this passage is saying is get everything aligned. Make sure the way you think, the way you speak, And everything in your life is facing in the direction you want your life to go. And don't be like, you know, in the old days they used to execute people by tying them to two horses. And then they would slap the horse. Ah! Don't be like that. Being pulled in one way by faith and another way by doubt and unbelief. Allowing God to give you peace of mind and then allowing the world to fill your mind with anxiety and worry. Don't be pulled in two different directions. If you can control what you say, both internally and externally, you are able to take control of your whole life. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to stand up. We're going to take our words and we're going to begin to change the way we speak about ourselves, about our life, and about God. Okay, you ready, church? 
They're ready. I'm going to stand over here. Unless you, are you guys ready? Okay, right. I'll stand in the middle then and spread myself around. Okay, we're going to change our dialogue. Now, if you just won the lottery, you wouldn't say to your spouse, I guess they won the lottery. You would have a lot of positive emotion involved, right? It's better than winning the lottery. The creator of the entire universe loves you, forgives you, chose you, calls you by name and welcomes you into his family. And he owns everything and he wants to share his life with you. Let's put some emotion into it. Are you ready, church? Let's say together, God is on my side. He hears me when I call. 